All right, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center as we continue our Bible in the Holy Spirit. And we are still in the second half of the book on talking about the Holy Spirit. Specifically, we're talking about tongues. We started it last week, and we're going to continue that study tonight. Uh, so if you're following your book, if you have it, we're on page 87 under the, the uh, chapter Speaking in Tongues, which is chapter 12. And we'll be under the section heading about midway through on darkness to daylight. Darkness to daylight. So anyway, again, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, we have all of our Bible studies, so you know, archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. So anyway, we thank you for joining us tonight. We're going to continue to be talking about the new you and the Holy Spirit, specifically the Holy Spirit tonight, and specifically regarding speaking in tongues. And so... Now, I know that can be a controversial subject for some people. I mean, some people are wondering, are they really a, uh, one of those speaking in tongues, believing church? Yep, you bet it. You betcha. So, uh, and so we're going to be talking about that uh, tonight. So, just so you know, too, once we're done with this Bible study, which we're getting closer to the finish line, we're going to be doing a new Bible study on Wednesday nights on the Believer's Authority, also by Andrew Womack. This book is actually, and I'll, go, I'll talk about this a lot more later, but this was actually the first teaching I got from Andrew Womack when we were introduced to him back in the year 2009, somewhere in that window. Anyway, um, so again, thank you for joining us tonight. Sherry will be our narrator. She'll read for us, and then we'll talk about it. And so uh, just put on your, your listening there to listen and, and to uh, participate with us, if you will. So, all right, lessons. All right, darkness to daylight. Personally, I stumbled into the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I had been seeking the Lord with all of my heart and crying out for him to fill me with his power. On March 23, 1968, he dramatically answered my prayer by baptizing me in the Holy Spirit. At the time, I had no idea what this was because I'd never been taught about it. All I knew was that my intimate encounter with God had left me supernaturally empowered. Revelation knowledge immediately began to flow. Before receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I, had, I always had to trust what the preacher told me, and I assumed it was true. There wasn't any assurance in my heart or understanding of my own. I just followed their example and did what I was told. Then I received the Holy Spirit, and the one who had written the Bible started explaining it to me. He began revealing things to my heart. Instead of receiving information from the outside in, God himself was teaching me from the inside out. John 14:26 describes this, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. The difference was daylight and darkness. In addition to revelation knowledge, I became bold and passionate for the Lord. God's awesome love and glorious presence constantly overwhelmed me. Witnessing to people changed from being a religious witnessing to people changed from being a religious chore into a daily delight. The sick received healing when I prayed for them. However, these wonderful things combined to create some problems as well. For instance, my newfound zeal also got me kicked out of my church. Wow. So, yep. Yep. So anyway, um, again, we're, we're in uh, Andrew's book, uh, The New Year and the Holy Spirit, talking 
about the Holy Spirit and specifically speaking in tongues. And uh, there's not a lot that he's speaking and t- talk about tongues in this particular section that we we uh, picked it up on tonight. Um, but you know, <coughs> it just uh, and I am gonna be ta- I am talking about the Holy Spirit, knowing the Holy Spirit, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit on a, my Sunday morning ser- uh, series on Sunday mornings right now. And this uh, coming this Sunday, I'll be talking about how there's three New Testament baptisms. There's multiple baptisms in the Bible, but uh, uh, in the Old Testament as well. But uh, there's uh, three specific ones that are talked about in the New Testament. There's a baptism into the, the, the body of Christ. There's a water baptism. And then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we'll be breaking those down for you this Sunday. <coughs> and so, you know, and uh, there, there's many manifestations. There's many... Um, in other words, what does being baptized in the Holy Spirit look like? And that's some of the things we'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks on Sunday mornings. What does it look like? One of those things is speaking in, a, in, a, in, in tongues. One of those things is, is speaking in a tongue that's not known to you. And it's like how, and that sounds very foreign to people. How can I speak in a tongue? I don't even know. Well, it's spiritual. It's not natural. And it's supernatural. It's not natural. And so, uh, but there's a difference between uh, darkness and light. And I like this verse that Andrew brings out in, in John 14:26. I want to reread it. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. The difference, this difference between daylight and Andrew says, this difference is between daylight and darkness. You know, the Holy Spirit, He's our comforter, He's our counselor, He's our teacher, He's our helper. There's a lot of different names for that, or titles. And so, but He is going to, uh, one of His main things He's going to do is He's going to bring things to our remembrance. And some of us don't remember very well, you know. Some of us lose our eyeglasses on top of our head. Some of us, you know, uh, there have been times I've, I've lost the, where my pen was and it was in my hand. You know, it Your just, I mean, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff we do. We don't rem- remember well. We have all kinds of reminders to remind us things. And even then, we sometimes forget to look at the reminders. And so, you know, we don't remember. We need the help. And, uh, you know, do you want to live this Christian life? On, and it's actually impossible to live this Christian life on your own. Uh, we need empowerment. And if we're going to win the world, if we're, we're living a very dark and perilous times in our world, in our country. Uh, we, I mean, I hate to say this on, on the broadcast, but we just uh, elected a wicked president. <laughs> and so, you know, the Bible talks about, how can you say such a thing? Well, the Bible talks about uh, Israel had wicked kings, and they had kings that follow after God and, and whatnot. And, and, and we're in a season now where we just um, elected some wicked leadership. And so, you know, but at the same point in time, our trust is not in our government. Our trust is in our God. And that needs to be our focus. And so, you know, we pray for our government. We pray for our leaders, whether they are good or whether they are wicked. We still pray for them. The Bible says that. So, Paul told us to pray for leadership, even though the leadership in his day in Rome and even the religious uh uh, relig- uh, the religious people were wicked as well. <laughs> and so, um, you know, <clears throat> I'm, just, I'm sorry, I, lost, I just lost my train of thought. 
Uh, but, you know, there's, there's a difference between daylight and darkness. There's a difference between, uh, I mean, there's just a, there's night and day. I mean, between walking in the Holy Spirit and being baptized in Him, him and walking in Him and doing it and trying to do this Christian life under your own strength and your own ability. And at the same point in time, speaking in tongues, and I know Andrew hasn't really touched on that in this particular section, that's mid-chapter here, because he's been talking about it before and he's going to talk about it some more. But speaking in tongues is one of those things, uh, um, you know, that we can build ourselves as our most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. The, uh, the book of Jude talks about that, verse 20. And so, uh, you know, speaking in tongues is just a very, it, it's a, to me it's a secret place. It's a place I can go. To, to pray in a spiritual language that I'm not, you see, in the spiritual language, I'm not praying to men. I'm not even praying to myself. And even now, my natural language, I'm not praying to man. I'm praying to God. And this is a language that, you know, uh, let me just say it this way. There's been times I, I have some Spanish-speaking friends or occasionally another language, but primary Spanish. And once in a while, I'm in a room, and they are having a conversation with each other in a, in a, in a tongue that I don't understand. It's a native tongue. It's, a, it's Spanish. I don't know Spanish. I know a few words, but I, don't, I can't have a conversation with anybody in Spanish. I, can't, I have a hard enough time with my hearing to understand English, let alone Spanish. And so uh, the words just slur together for me. And so I can't, I can't even make out one word from another. And so, but anyway, they're, they're talking in a language that's foreign to me. And they're just having their own conversations. I'm in the room. But they're not talking to me. They're talking to each other. You know, some people, people might call that rude. Uh, but either way, whether you call rude or not rude, they're still having a conversation without me. Prayer is a conversation with God. And, and our prayer language, speaking to us, is not something I'm speaking to anyone else anyway. <laughs> Uh, there's an interpretation of tongues, which uh, we can talk about later. But at the same point in time, uh, speaking in tongues is a place where I can just be with the Holy Spirit and uh, pray to my Father through the Holy Spirit. And uh, no matter how I'm feeling, I'm, my, my emotions, I can be angry. I can be depressed or sad or, or you know, emotional about something. But I can, I can go in that secret place and I can pray to my Father. And the Holy Spirit can give me comfort. And He can remind me of things my Father has already told me. How He loves me. How He'll never leave me or forsake me. He'll give me wisdom if I ask for Him. And so there's all kinds of things that the Holy Spirit will remind me as I go to this secret place. And I don't have to pray in tongues to go to that secret place. But at the same point in time, it is something that's just very... Sometimes I don't know how to pray. You know, there's some situation, you know, right now with our country, I know we're supposed to pray. I don't know specifically how to pray for our country, but I can pray in the Holy Spirit. I can pray perfect prayers. And I can pray, uh, I can't, I, I, I might, in my own native English tongue, I could pray, be too timid. I could be too bashful. I could also be too, too blunt, <laughs> you know, or key. And so the Holy Spirit will help me pray, pray perfect prayers for our country, for our new leaders, wicked or not. And so, uh, you know, praying in the Spirit is awesome and it's powerful. Uh, because it's, it's like, you know, uh, you, ever, you ever watch the old 70s Batman uh, cart, uh, shows? You know, the commissioner, the police commissioner had a direct line to Batman. It was that red phone that went off. You know, he had a direct line to Batman. You know, and... Uh, to me, speaking in tongues is kind of like that direct line. 
I have right to my father. And so, uh, and, and so, and I don't have to worry about, see, it's my, we talked about in the first half of the book, it's my spirit that's born again. And my mind is not born again, and it can be renewed, absolutely. And, uh, but at the same point in time, my spirit that's born again can speak spirit to spirit, to the spirit of God by the Holy Spirit through speaking in tongues. That's profound, if you understand what I just said. So, anyway, um, anything you want to add? I know we're highlighting speaking in tongues, and it, it's not the only benefit from having a relationship with the Holy Spirit and right. being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But why it's highlighted, I believe, is because it's one of the outward manifestations that you know that you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And to me, that's a comfort. God is a spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. It's like the wind, like Dave was sharing on Sunday mornings, that you can't see the wind or where it comes from, but you can feel it. Um, and so the Holy Spirit can kind of be considered like the wind in that we, we can't see or, I mean, we can't see him, but we can feel the evidence. And speaking in tongues is just a confirmation of it, like a physical confirmation. Yes, there's the revelation knowledge that Andrew talked about, and, and you know we'll talk more about that. But you know there there was prophecy in the Old Testament about God pouring out His Spirit on us, and the the prophecy of tongues in multiple places in the Old Testament, and it did come to pass in the New exactly how it was prophesied that we would be speaking uh, in in unknown tongues. Um, I think uh, one of the translations somewhere says stammering lips. So it's not the the only evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but it is it helps you pray. I mean, Dave just shared with you, you know, there's so many times when I've been agitated or unable to sleep or just just uh, not not in peace and just praying and worshiping in tongues it really just like the when you when you do the the peace of god just whoo just settles you down and gets whatever agitation unrest whatever just you know smooths it out i mean there's so many times we don't know how to pray and and we're struggling with something or struggling for someone who's going through something and we and we just like our our Natural tongue, English is, is my natural tongue. In English, I'm struggling with, with the words and how to pray for someone. Um, but then when you, when you pray in tongues, it, it's, it's the, the perfect prayer, that the exact, exact, exact prayer that, that is needed for that person to minister to them. And um, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, you know, God has told us to come boldly to him. And part of that boldness is uh, speaking in tongues. And I just, I just felt like I, I, I know we're, we're, we've been sharing, you know, uh, and talking about the what Andrew shared um, about his experience with being baptized. But I felt like sharing um, in Acts where Peter's ministering to Cornelius and his household, and. 
I won't tell the whole story. I'll just give you a little bit of, of setup. Peter was praying uh, wh where he was. Cornelius is in, I believe, uh, Caesarea, yes. And Cornelius is desiring God, and he's desiring what God has for him, and he's praying, and he's just, he's not, in my words, knowing all that he wants, but he's praying. Well, Peter, who, uh, wherever Peter was at, at the time, um, he, Peter was praying, and God showed him and led him by the Holy Spirit to come to Caesarea to minister to Cornelius. And when Peter uh, gr greets Cornelius, um, I I think I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll start in 36 of chapter t Acts 10:36. This is Peter. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And, and Peter continues, uh, he basically shares the gospel. But in verse 44, it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter goes on into water baptism. But I just wanted to share that because the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and tongues is for everyone who believes. And it's such, it's a, such a beautiful gift. God has not held back anything from us. He, he gives us such beautiful gifts and you know in in the gospels um, Jesus talks about you know the sparrows and the flowers you know the, the earthly things that we need like food and shelter and clothing and how God knows we need those things and God provides them before we ask but God has gone above and beyond just our our basic needs of survival he wants to give us give us everything for life and godliness and part of that is the baptism of the holy spirit so we can magnify god so we can testify of jesus so we so we can um defeat the works of the 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 enemy amen it's all good stuff all good stuff well let's go ahead and read the next section here um Sorry, I lost my page real quick. Religious prejudice overcome. Everything indicated that I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, except I didn't speak in tongues. Why? I had been taught against this. The church I was raised in didn't believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit and thought that tongues were of the devil. Ignorance and wrong teaching predisposed me against this gift. Although speaking in tongues was available, Negative feelings and fear prevented me from using it. It took me a long time to renew my mind to what God's word said about my new relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
Two and a half years after receiving the baptism, I discovered that speaking in tongues was a valid gift from God for today. Then another six months passed before I understood enough to yield to the Holy Spirit and actually speak in tongues. Until I saw what God's word said about this, my faith wasn't strong enough to walk in it. Romans 10:17. If it weren't for my religious prejudice, I could have spoken in tongues as soon as I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. However, those thoughts kept me from enjoying God's gift because their root was unbelief. Until I overcame them and brought myself to the point of voluntarily stepping out in faith, I couldn't speak in tongues. But as soon as I did, my life changed just as dramatically as when I first received the Holy Spirit. You don't have to speak in tongues. You get to. Besides, there's no, really no good reason not to. Speaking in tongues releases God's power in your life, and it's available to every Christian who has received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you're not speaking in tongues, you're missing out. I agree. I agree. If you're not, if you're not, you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're not speaking in tongues, you're missing out. You don't have to. You don't have to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go to the, the, to be saved. You don't have to speak in tongues to be saved. You know, but don't let your religious prejudice uh, cause you to miss out. That's my encouragement. That's my exhortation to you. <clears throat> you know, through the years, I've had different arguments with people. You have to go to church? No, I get to go to church. You have to read the Bible? No, I get to read the Bible. You have to tithe? No, I get to tithe. You know, you have to love one another? No, I get to love one another. You know, uh, and the same with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to, but you get to. You don't even have to be saved, but you get to be saved. And so, it's it's, it's a gift. It's a gift. And I want everything that the, uh, uh, the Father has for me. I want, Jesus said it's more expedient that I go that the Holy Spirit will come. If Jesus himself said it was more expedient that we receive the Holy Spirit, then I think we should receive it. And if Jesus said we should speak in tongues, then I believe we should speak in tongues. And so uh, the Father has never given us something that's bad. And there's, you know, uh, Andrew said, talked about how he grew up in church that stopped speaking in tongues was from the devil. There is no scripture precedence for that. <laughs> and so don't let your religious prejudice uh, cause you to miss out on what, what God, God has for you. You know, some people, I, I believe, have religious prejudice about other things, tithing and uh, other things. You know, and I, my, I'm like with Andrew. And uh, Andrew would say, don't wake me up. <laughs> You know, because we are being blessed. You know, I'm not saying we have everything we want, but we are being blessed. God is meeting our needs when we're part of his economy. I know this is not about tithing and finances, but I'm just going to use that just for a second. You know, there are other, other subjects that people are just religiously prejudiced about because of how they've been taught. You know, they've been taught that way. So in one sense of the word, I don't blame them. That's just how you've been taught. If that's all you know, that's all you know. You know, I, I'm thankful I was raised in a Christian home. I'm thankful I know the things I know. I'm thankful that I was introduced to Andrew Womack. I'm thankful that I had uh, pastors growing up who believed in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Uh, I, I, I'm thankful I don't, as far as I know, I don't think I've ever been part of a church uh, that didn't believe it. We have as adults, as a married couple, because of some special circumstances, it wasn't really where we wanted to be by choice, is where we were just for a season. But 
for the most part, 95% of my life, I have never been part of a church that didn't. So, so I, I, you know, having a church that doesn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and speaking tongues is foreign to me. Now, not every church I've been a part of was really walking in it, was really participating in that. Uh, but they did believe it. They did teach it. They they did a, they did embrace it. We were a part of Foursquare for years. Not every Foursquare church have I been a part of. Have I seen it being embraced? It's it's actually kind of foreign. Uh, they might teach on it, but they don't. They, and they might believe it, but they don't. They don't exercise in it. And so you know. But uh, uh, I went to Foursquare Bible School. I graduated. So I hope I know something. Uh, but at the same point in time, they they. They believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And so uh, I didn't see every every Foursquare, uh, even pastor, operating in it. Uh, some, some I never saw them operate at all. But at the same point in time, it, it is, uh, 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 you know, something God's given us. And I want all that God has for me. You know, and Andrew, I like how Andrew even brings out, he says, uh, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit took his uh, relationship with God to another level, and speaking in tongues took it even to another level. And so, uh, and I want to—I don't know what about you, but I'm—I'm I'm like playing. I don't play poker, so I don't really know how to play. But I'm like—I'm all in. <laughs> you know, I've seen enough westerns. I know—I know that. <coughs> I know that expression, and they put all the money to the center of the table. I'm all in. You know, and so, well, I'm all in. <laughs> you know. And so, I, and anyway, I get to comment some more. You have some things you want to say? Uh, j- just some side notes. You know, it. Uh, Andrew did kind of touch on it. Um, he he basically um, said something to the effect of giving control uh, to God and the Holy Spirit to just take over, and that is a misconception. It, it's not the Holy Spirit coming and grabbing you and controlling you, the Holy Spirit just like flows out of you and and dwells in you. And you know that God is so gentle. Yes, he was harsh on sin. Yes, he's, he's harsh on those who go after his anointed. But he is for people. He loves people so much, and he wants to give them every opportunity, every tool, every blessing that he possibly can. And, you know, Jesus himself describes the Holy Spirit as the comforter, the the teacher, you know, someone who's going to be dwelling in and with you. He he doesn't say the Holy Spirit's just going to take over and, and... you're not going to be yourself anymore. No. And every single person is different. God created us unique. So every person's experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit is going to be different. You know, Andrew shared his. Uh, you know, he hasn't really, wasn't really taught it, and it, it kind of came by accident. And then it took, uh, I think he said, two and a half years before he even started speaking tongues after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, what I read about Cornelius, they were basically taught the the gospel, and then the Holy Spirit fell on them, and and they spoke in tongues because they believed. They heard the gospel, they believed, and they magnified God, and speaking in tongues came out of that magnifying God. 
You know, I grew up in a church where I never heard anyone speak in tongues. I never saw anyone speak in tongues. But I was taught about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was taught about the Holy Spirit. I was taught about the gifts uh, and, and, and tongues and, and different things. And yet, when I was a, a, a child, a, a young girl, I had a wonderful experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I... I really wish I could remember what was going on in church, you know, what the teaching was, or if someone said something, or it's just my own little, you know, communion with God, how it happened. I don't remember that part. I just know the Holy Spirit, in a sense, I mean, he already chose, but for lack of better words, he chose to dwell in me. And it was the Outside of receiving Jesus as my Savior, outside of marrying Dave, this was probably my my top experience in my life. That like the best, the best ever. The ha- thing that happened to me was the Holy Spirit dwelling in me, and my life was never the same. I just I know without a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit is with me. Uh, he he teaches me things. He shows me things. You know, there was a period of time when I would read the parables in the Bible, and I'd be like, "That's cool, Jesus, but you're gonna have to do with me like you did your disciples, and you're gonna have to explain it because I'm not getting it." But once I started having a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit and 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 praying and asking Him to show me, the Word just came alive. I started reading the parables again and, and different books of the Bible that I was struggling with. Like, God, why is this in the Bible? It makes no sense. And all of a sudden, I was just getting all these revelations. What does this mean? You know, uh, hey, this is why God put this in the Bible. Um, and it was it was just, I mean, the, the power of God just started, like, living in me. Uh, I don't know how else to explain it, um, but it was just, it transformed my life. And it was years, I, I was probably, well, let's see, I got married to Dave at 25, and we started going to uh, some churches that were really big on, on speaking in tongues. And um, But it, it took me probably 15 years um, from one syllable of speaking in tongues to be able to have, I'm guessing it's sentences, I don't know, because it's a spiritual language. Uh, tongues is uh, not English to me. And my life has never been the same. I, I can't tell you how powerful it is and how wonderful it is. You know, Dave's experience is different. At Andrew's events, uh, at the end, he'll... he'll um, He'll do a, a salvation message and ask if anyone would would like to receive Jesus. And then he goes into, would anyone like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And everyone's, everyone's experience is different. Some people tangibly feel the Holy Spirit. Some people don't feel anything at all. Some people open their mouth and they just, the, the tongues just comes out. Other people, it's a, a stutter. That detail part of it does not matter. I'm 5'3", Dave's 5'11". We're two different people. You know, blue eyes, hazel eyes. Every single person is different because God has made us unique 
So our personalities, our everything that makes us us is, is a factor in it. And God ministers to us for us. God's not going to minister to me how he's going to minister to Dave and, and vice versa. So this the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so unique but it, it's it's a needful thing in my opinion and it's a wonderful thing uh, I was just going to pick you back on something you said a minute ago Sherry uh, you talked about how the Holy Spirit doesn't force us doesn't grab us by the arm and just take us by force type of thing at least that's an analogy I was getting you know the uh, one of the phrases I like to use a lot when I'm talking about uh, such matters is we yield to the Holy Spirit you know, and there's a, there's a verse here. I was trying to find it here in Romans chapter eight. I use this a lot, uh, but it's in the context of eight, chapter eight, verse uh, um, verse twenty six. It says, "Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered." Uh, I forget exactly which word it is, but I think it's uh, this phrase here uh, where the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us. That phrase, for us. I believe it's in the in the Greek. It's a very long word. It's one word, but it's a very long word. But that doesn't matter. What's important is what it means. It means to pray together with. The Holy Spirit prays together with. We're not a puppet where he controls us. And he doesn't. He also doesn't pray without us, if that makes sense. We are praying together with the Holy Spirit. Okay, uh, God gave us authority to pray and to speak. That he says, you know, when the Bible says, whatever we bind will be bound, whatever we loose will be loose. We have the keys of the kingdom, but the Holy Spirit will to pray together with us. And so uh, the Spirit wants. If he he's not going to do it without us. He's not going to make us do it. But if we yield together with him, he will do it with us. That's what speaking in tongues is. See, some people are frustrated with speaking in tongues because they think God's just going to, the Holy Spirit's just going to take over their mouth. Yes and no. He's not going to, you know, uh, he wants to, it's like, you know, book of James chapter 3 talks about the tongue being an unruly member of the body. And how he compares it to the rudder of a, a cruise liner. You know, uh, the rudder will, will steer the ship of the whole cruise liner. You know, uh, but, you know, someone's going to have to steer, someone's going to have to steer that rudder. You know, uh, the, the, the tongue is that rudder. But we have to work to get, someone's going to be have to be at that steering wheel. I don't know what they call that, the stern, or what they call that. Uh, anyway, I know there's a name for it. But anyway, uh, lack of better term, steering wheel of the, of the rudder, you know, could we understand that big wheel? Uh, but uh, someone's going to have to work with it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, there was a time time uh, a few years ago where the Lord said I was too tethered. And uh, long story short, the Lord gave me a picture of a, a boat tethered to the dock. And, you know, I was wanting God to lead me, but I, he can't lead me if I'm tethered to the dock. He can be the wind in my sails, but I gotta start drifting. I gotta get untethered from the dock so he can be the wind in my sails and he can steal the udder of my ship. But I gotta work together with him. I can't be uh, playing it safe and all tethered to the dock 
and, and, and allow God to, to guide my ship if I'm tethered to the dock. It, does, it, it doesn't work that way. But he can be, because the Holy Spirit is like a wind, can be the wind in my sails if I allow him to and drift and allow, you know, at least go in a, a certain direction. There's been times in my life I've, I've asked the Lord, I'm sensing that this is the direction you want me to go and I've got to start drifting this way. But if I'm in air, if I missed it somewhere, you know, even if you got to send a tempest, a, a storm like you did Jonah, you know, uh, so be it. Uh, so I, 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 I get, I go in a different direction, you know. But uh, uh, the Holy, we again, I want, I want to reemphasize what I'm just saying. God doesn't, the Holy Spirit doesn't arrest your tongue, but He. He works together with you. Okay? At the same point in time, comparing James chapter 3, the tongue is an unruly member. <laughs> it can set a whole forest of fire. With the, James says, we bless God and curse man. These things ought not to be so. And it, I think it is amazing that the first thing that the Holy Spirit does when to take over, when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is our tongue. <laughs> it's yeah. our most unruly member. Yes, and I don't mean to interrupt <coughs> Dave, but how many times when we've let something get to us and whatever the reason why we're sensitive in the moment, we're, we're tired, we're cranky, we're not feeling well, uh, we just got up on the wrong side of the bed, whatever, how many times have we just snapped and said things because we're mad or upset and just have fried someone upside uh, down the other and then we're like oh my gosh I just I, I, I just I mean there's so many times we've let our tongues get away from us and that's a, another beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is because there's been times when I'm feeling the inside of me I want to explode at someone and give them what for and I'm just like Holy Spirit help me help me help me and I start praying tongues under my breath and I'm able to diffuse my flesh and respond with Holy Spirit-led words to minister to the person or to calm them down or to bring healing, whatever it is. Because um, there's some times when some of the responses that we have made to people are led by the Holy Spirit and have um, either preserved their friendship or diffuse the situation or brought healing or clarity however it is uh, but I can tell you the times when my flesh has just let my tongue fly and that's what Dave was sharing about in James about being an unruly member so the blessing of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and having a relationship with him where we can trust him uh, is such a big help sorry yeah I mean we had a we have a friend uh, from uh uh, Bible college uh, who uh, you know some people when they hit their thumb with a hammer or they stub their toe the first thing they do is start cussing well this guy uh, uh, when he stubbed his toe and whatnot, he started he just started saying something in tongues I think that's a, lot, a little bit different better result <laughs> you know sometimes your flesh just wants to automatically react well I like to let my spirit just react instead you know and so he still had control over that the Holy Spirit didn't just take over but he trained himself to to react that way versus the other. And uh, I think you got better results. So, anyway, so, if you're just joining us, I know we're halfway through tonight. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 13 now. It's tall, cock, called, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, it's entitled, 
proof for today. Proof for today. God's word clearly teaches that the gift of tongues is for today. This can best be seen in the three chapters of the Bible that deal specifically with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. In addition to speaking in tongues, the other gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, and interpretation of tongues. 1 Corinthians 12, 8-10. Although an exciting study in itself, further explanation of each individual gift is beyond the scope of our present purpose. So Andrew's basically trying to get it back to uh, the, the subject of speaking in tongues. The local body at Corinth was one of the most carnal churches in the entire New Testament. A man had com- committed incest with his father's wife, 1 Corinthians 5.1. Believers were suing each other, 1 Corinthians 6.1 and 6-7. through 7. They divided themselves according to their favorite Bible teacher, 1 Corinthians 3.3-5. 3, 3 through 5. Gluttony and drunkenness characterized the Lord's Supper, 1 Corinthians 11.20-22. 20 Tongues were being given in church services without interpretation, 1 Corinthians 14, 26-28. Paul rebuked and corrected the Corinthians for all of this immaturity and sin. These believers were carnal in spite of the gifts of the Spirit, not because of them. It's wrong to assume that the gifts are bad for you just because the Corinthians had so many problems. Actually, the opposite is true. Although maturity isn't instantly granted, the gifts of the Holy Spirit do promote spiritual growth. This is why three different times Paul advised this carnal, sinful bunch to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14.1, 1 Corinthians 12.31, and 14.39. He knew the gifts would help them mature. That's good proof when you should be speaking in tongues. All right, so uh, again... Um uh, this is just a, 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 a good chapter, you know. One of the misconceptions is that the Holy Spirit is the, the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues is not for the day, and uh, you know that just defeats it. You know, if that were the case, there would be no prophecy today. There would not be faith, faith would be not for the day because in the same context, people draw that out of uh, it would mean that there's no faith today and all that stuff. Yeah, if there's no faith, there's no salvation uh, because we have faith in His grace. Anyway. Uh, let me, don't, I'm not going to go down that road. But there's, you know, uh, I like this part where Paul, I mean, where Andrew brings out how in the, in the church of Corinth, the church of Corinth is where Paul talks most about the gifts. He talks more about the, the Holy Spirit and the gifts and specifically speaking in tongues. But this is also a church that, I mean, they were a wildly bunch. I mean, they, I mean, he just lists a few things here. Chapter 5, they had a, a man having incest with his father's wife. They were suing each other in the church. They were dividing themselves, kind of like we do today with denominations, because they like one speaker more than another. There was gluttony and, and drunkenness uh, at, at, the, at the Lord's table. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you get... Gluttony over a wafer, but anyway, but I know that I know uh, the Israelites had a, a whole meal. Uh, anyway, uh, tons were given out in church services about interpretation, so there was a lot of just chaos and, and confusion. And then uh, and Paul, and when Paul rebuked them for all these things, he brought correction. He, we need to be taught. You know, if you have a room full of kids and they're unruly, 
someone needs to come in there and bring some discipline, bring some correction. So to, not to punish them, not to destroy them, not to break their spirit, but to bring correction so they can mature. And then three times in, in, the, in the book of Corinthians, same book, same book, same, same, the first letter, three times Paul t- tells this, this, uh, he calls it this, this, uh, what he calls sinful bunch. Cause there was a lot of sin stuff going on in this church. Uh, at the same point in time, he taught them three times, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Paul wants us to desire spiritual gifts. I understand that to some people they don't like this because there's been a lot of weirdos out there. And I agree, there's been a lot of weirdos out there. But don't let, again, your, like we talked about the last chapter, don't let your um, religious prejudice keep you back from enjoying all God gives you. Like I said, again, people have religious prejudice about tithing. People have religious prejudice about the Holy Spirit and tongues. Some people have religious prejudice about... Uh, you know, begin to guess. And don't let your religious prejudice de- deprive you from receiving all that God has for you. <coughs> Desire it, but be taught how to use it. And I believe if we have all that God gives us, the Holy Spirit, our teacher, our comforter, our counselor, our guide, we'll, be, we'll become more mature. Now we need to be taught. We need a good pastor. We need a good teacher to Teach us how to use it well. I mean, we went to school not just to learn academics. And we have parents, a mother and father. I know some people don't have that, some people don't have both. But we had those to teach us also moral skills, uh, motor skills, uh, how to get along with people. And that's one thing I remember I had to learn how, as a child, from time to time, I had to learn how to get along. I had to learn how to say, I'm sorry. I had to learn how to say I forgive you. I had to learn how to to share. I had to learn how to get along with people I didn't like or they rubbed me wrong. I had to learn to get along with bullies. Uh, You know, I had to learn to make sure I wasn't a bully myself at times. I don't ever think that was a problem, but I just had to make sure, uh, you know, know, because I was bullied. I was bullied for two and a half years in, in junior high. You know, I had to learn how to cope with that. And I'm not saying everyone should have to do that. But some of us are in those situations. And, you know, there's different kinds of bullying. <laughs> I've seen people bully people in the church. I've seen people bully, uh, I've seen pastors bully people. I've seen the church bully the pastor. Uh, and so I've seen both. I've seen all kinds of stuff. Maybe not taking them around the, 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 the schoolhouse and beating them up. But they might speak, beat them up emotionally. They might beat them up <coughs> with gossip and all other kinds of, of, of ugly things. But we need the Holy Spirit because the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which we haven't even got into yet, is love, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all these different things. We need the Holy Spirit. You walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. <coughs> but the Holy Spirit, tongues, baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit will help you mature. But you also need to learn how to use these things. You know, uh, have you ever watched the movie Narnia? The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, the the guy who was supposed to be St. Nicholas. I forget his name. I don't know if that's his name in Narnia. Uh, but anyway, he gave the, he gave the, the kids uh, gifts. Uh, swords, uh, you know, whatnot. Bow and arrows, whatnot. And he told them, these are tools. These are not weapons. These are 
not to be used lightly. These are tools. And we have to be trained how to use our tools. You know, uh, we can get, you know, uh, some tools. I know I used to, I, for, there was one season where I worked on a construction site uh, because I needed some job and I, I didn't know how to use a, I barely could use a hammer. <laughs> Uh, but at the same point in time, I was kind of the cleanup guy, you know, taking all the uh, debris and putting it in the dumpster, cleaning up after the place. And uh, actually, uh, the, the construction site I was at, it was actually the trial run for this uh, get, uh, contractor to get multiple jobs. And one reason he got the, the job is because of my job is cleaning up because he liked how clean I kept the workplace. I, I, I was a clean, clean guy. Uh, how uh, you know? I he even had me demolish a wall with a uh, uh, one of those sledgehammers. You know, uh, I didn't do very well, I don't think. But uh, I knocked it one down. <laughs> it came down. I can demolish, uh, but I can't build same things very well. But anyway, uh, but they're tools. If you don't know how to use that sledgehammer, you can hurt somebody. You don't know how to use some of those electrical tools or chainsaw different things and. Uh, I know that you don't use that in construction, but uh, but you don't know how to use some of these tools. Uh, you can hurt somebody. Uh, my, my 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 cousin Jeremy one time uh, uh, he's little because his dad was using his uh, um, can't even think of the tool right now. But anyway, it, 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 he uh, uh, he cut off his finger <laughs> and it had to get sewed back on. I'm not I'm not trying to be crude and gross, but he was a little little guy. And if you know Jeremy, he'll just, he'll try it. And he, he might even be watching tonight, but he would just, uh, uh, you know, uh, he didn't know how to use that properly. He probably wasn't even supposed to be touching it, but I don't know. Anyway, you know, it, it was, it cost him his finger. Uh, luckily, uh, his dad knew what to do. He was a firefighter. Uh, his mom's a, a nurse. And so they, they, they took, you know, they took it all and they, they all ended out well. My point is, though, is that, We've got tools, and we have some very powerful, awesome, amazing tools in the spiritual called spiritual gifts and tongues. But if we don't know how to use them properly, we can hurt people. That might not be our intention. But if we don't know how to do some things indecently and in order within the church, we can scare people away where they don't want. They don't want. They're going to run from church, and they never want to walk in those doors because we were just too spooky for them. We might have done the right thing, but the wrong way, and without being sensitive to those who don't even understand what's going on. And that all they see is a circus. All they see is someone speaking in an unknown tongue and doing gifts and this and that. And it might be all with good intentions, right intentions, pure intentions. But if, if people don't understand what's going on, it just brings chaos. And so we, we, need, we can learn how to do some things decently in order we can be taught. And so, share anything, Sherry? Uh, just to, to piggyback on what Dave and Andrew are sharing, you know, there's a reason that Paul went into detail not only what the spiritual gifts are, but how important they are, and to earnestly seek after them. Spiritual gifts are for the body of Christ. It's not for me to use for myself, even though I, I can build myself up and encourage myself with some of them. But they are for me to use for the benefit of the body of Christ, to encourage and build up the body of Christ. But just as much as Paul emphasized the importance of them, in the middle of him explaining about the gifts and to, to seek after them, he goes into basically you know 
theology according to Sherry, these are all cool. These are all for the benefit of the church. But if you don't have love, these are meaningless. Right. And, you know, part of the doing them in order and part of the doing them for the church and for, for ministry, for ministering to others, uh, whoever you are, you don't have to be a, a pastor to have these gifts. Just anybody in the body of Christ can use these gifts to minister to anybody. But if we don't have love, that's nothing. I mean, they, the the gifts don't don't mean anything. Um, it, it's all about love, you know. God so loved us, you know. He this this is love that He became the propitiation for us, and He's showing us that as much as He loves us, as much as He wants us to know how much He loves us, He also wants the body of Christ to love one another. Yeah, and that's the key thing, you know. I don't know if we're out of time yet. Yeah, we're almost there. But you know, the, you know, I don't know if we'll get there with his book, but I will get there on Sunday mornings when I talk about the Holy Spirit. The greatest of these things is love, and if we don't have love, we're just a claiming symbol. And Paul is very blunt to the same Corinthian church in First Corinthians thirteen. A misap- in the, I mean, First Corinthians twelve, he's talking about the gifts. First Corinthians four, he's talking a lot about tongues, and right in the middle of all of that, he talks about love. He talks about love, hope, and faith, but the greatest of these is love. And he spends a whole chapter, we call it the love chapter. And he says love is, is key. You can do the right thing, but if you don't do it in love, it's pointless. And it's, it's, it actually can do damage. And so the Holy Spirit, you know, you know, we're patient. We're all, you know, there's some other things too. We're patient. We're patient with those who don't quite understand us yet. You know, we're patient. You know, I don't think everyone understood everything right off the back. Be patient. Maybe you did. Maybe you understood it right away. But some people are slow. Be patient. You know, be what they call it, long-suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, I like drawing out that long because sometimes it seems like a long time. But there's some other things that maybe you're you're quick on this area, but there's some other things that you know you need some long suffering, you know. Um, and so anyway, just for patient, we're love, 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 love. You know, let me just say this too, Jesus, and he's talking about the he's talking about the Holy Spirit in John fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. But in John thirteen, he washes their feet. And he says, love. This is how the world will know that you're my disciples, by your love for one another. In John 17, on the other side of talking, he spent three chapters talking about the Holy Spirit. John 14, 15, 16. In John 13, he talks about loving one another. Do He told us to watch one another's feet. He told us to love one another as he has loved us. And then in John 17, the other bookend, he's praying to the Father. And in the middle of that prayer, he says... Father, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one, that the world would know that you sent me. Your greatest evangelism to the world is not tongues, is not the gifts, it's loving one another. Your greatest evangelism. The, tool, the, the gifts are powerful. No one can come to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws them. But if you're spooky to them, you might not mean to be spooky, and it's not, and, and, and the gifts are not spooky, but to their, from their perception, it's spooky. And they don't understand what's going on. Paul talks a lot about this in 1 Corinthians 14. 
But if you don't do love and you're patient, not being considerate, then you can drive people away. And I, I've known people who, who've never wanted to step foot in a church again because of some weird stuff. And, uh, and, uh, and even the weird stuff might have been right. It might have been good. It might have been the Holy Spirit. But they didn't understand that, and they got spooked out. And so, and, and, and I'm not trying to, I, I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit, but I also don't want to drive people away either. And so we have to let the Holy Spirit guide us and lead us. You know, there's been times when the Holy Spirit just kind of said, you know, oh, you know, this is, might not be the atmosphere to, to uh, respond that way. You know, uh, the Bible says to the weak become weak to win the weak. And sometimes we have to take a step back, you know. At the same point in time, I also like being around those where we can be free. And sometimes we need to have those, you know. Uh, and so there's been some circles I've been around where I felt like I had to, you know, we could still love each other. We could, we could always love. We could always minister to one another. Maybe not with some of the gifts, uh, per se, yet, until they were taught and whatnot. We, or we might ease into some of them. But then there were some groups I feel like, you know what, we can just flow in the gifts. We can just flow in the Holy Spirit because it's just, it's it's well received. And, and I like those groups too. And so I think sometimes it's nice to have both in some regards where we can teach others and then places where we can just, you know what, we got some freedom here. And we can flow in it. And, uh, and so I think that's healthy too. And I like those times too. Uh, um, you know, uh, hopefully I'm making sense you know uh, I mean it's like it's almost kind of like me with other pastors you know sometimes with uh, some things that we go through as pastors we can't just share some of the things we go through with other people because they wouldn't understand it they wouldn't be able to handle it but when I get together with some other pastors pastors they know they understand they're hurting too and so we can we can talk a little more fluently about it it's the same it's the same with parents. Sometimes parents can't share some of the things that they have to go through with their kids. But sometimes they can share some things they have to go through with other parents. And uh, and they're free to share those things. I hope this makes sense. But if I can't leave you with anything, love, 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 love. The greatest of Jesus is love. Because God will, the Holy Spirit will always flow out of love. We're going we're gonna to pick up here next week. We're going to talk more proof about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so... Uh, and one, you know, I don't know exactly where Andrew's going with some of this, uh, but I, I, this proof I can actually take, just that title I can take it, you know, some, one of the evidences of the, and I'll be talking about this a lot more on Sunday mornings, I'll introduce it this Sunday, and then the following Sunday I'll spend more time on it, but, you know, one of my questions I'm going to talk about regarding the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, what does it look like? What does it look like to be a spirit-filled believer? What does it look like to be a spirit-filled church? What does it look like? One of the things is tons, but one of the things is only tons. Another, one of the things I will, will talk about is love that we, I just talked about. But there are many other things, and I'll talk about, um, starting this Sunday, I'm going to be talking about there's three different New Testament baptisms. I'm going to deal with the first two first because I think they need to be taught in connection with the baptism of the Holy Spirit so we, 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 can, we can distinguish the three different baptisms in the New Testament. We need to distinguish the three different ones. But then I'm going to spend uh, a whole, uh, uh, whole, whole week on the baptism of the Holy Spirit in, in and of itself because that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about knowing the Holy Spirit. But there are many, there are many proofs. There are many manifestations of the Holy Spirit. 
and uh, in addition to tons. But in other words, you should not. What there should be, like I talked about last Sunday, when there's wind, you can feel the effect of the wind. We have we have we've had many windy days here recently in Southern California, and you can tell it's windy. <laughs> One, first of all, you can tell it's windy because all the leaves are blowing and that whatnot. Second off, you know it's windy because you're almost going to blow over yourself. Yeah, that's been that strong. But at the same point in time, uh, you know the Holy Spirit's there because there's there's some there's some effects, and I'm going to be talking about what some of those effects are that you know the Holy Spirit. And when those, if all those effects are missing, you know it's not the Holy Spirit <laughs> because the, the effects are not there. You know, um, and so. Uh, anyway, we'll be talking about some of that Sunday. So I think, uh, but then also some other proof uh, of the Holy Spirit as well. And so anyway, anything you guys share? We're good. Well, I want to pray for our country. You know, it's hard for me to to pray in words of exactly how to pray. But the Bible does say we are to pray. And the Bible does say we are to pray for our leaders, whether they are good or not. You know, even Israel from time to time had wicked leaders. But we have to pray for our leaders. And so uh, that responsibility is ours as a church. And so God's not done yet. Don't don't throw in the towel. God's not done yet. Uh, I don't think this thing is over yet. At the same point in time, let's pray for our country. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. You are the king of all kings. You are the Lord of all lords. You are on the throne. You are high and you are lifted up. All hail King Jesus and we worship you. Lord, you said that we are kings and priests. We have been redeemed by your blood and we are kings and priests to reign in this earth. And we are the reign. And we said how beautiful are the mountains of the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who proclaims salvation, and who declares that our God reigns. And so we declare that our God reigns in America. Our God reigns in whatever country you might be listening to tonight. Africa, Africa, Pakistan, uh, Afghanistan, India, wherever you may be, Uganda, uh, Nigeria, wherever you may be listening tonight. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. And we are His servants. We are His kings and priests, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. And we pray for our country. We pray that, Lord, you would give us wisdom. We pray for, for justice in this country. We pray that all the treason and all the wickedness that's happened in our country would come to justice in this country. Whoever's behind to bring that into, into, into to justice. I pray for their safety. I pray for their, their wisdom. I pray for their guidance by the Holy Spirit that we've just been teaching about tonight. I'm going to end speaking in tongues just for a brief moment here. Sherry, do you have anything? Sorry, I don't have an interpretation for that. Um, so.
God bless you. We love you guys. We'll see you on Sunday morning at 11.15 a.m. as we talk about knowing the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a good night.